Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Is Saskatchewan and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, Sask Pork says the temporary shutdown of the hog processing plant in Red Deer will have a significant impact on Saskatchewan hog producers. Almost half of this province's hogs are shipped to the Olimel plant in Red Deer, which has been temporarily shut down due to a coronavirus outbreak. We have a two-part feature on grain markets with Neil Townsend from FarmLink Marketing Solutions. He says wheat prices could jump as much as 50 cents a bushel. Canola could set even higher record prices, but there is a lot of uncertainty. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. Saskatchewan hog producers will be seriously affected by a temporary shutdown of the Olimel hog slaughtering plant in Red Deer, Alberta. It's the result of a recent outbreak of COVID-19 at the plant that employs around 1,800 people. The company determined that on the weekend that normal operations inside the plant can't continue in a safe and efficient manner. The company isn't giving any indication when it might reopen the facility. The most recent outbreak of the virus resulted in dozens of cases and the death of one worker, a man in his 30s. Olimel also informed all hog suppliers of the Red Deer plant of the situation and is suspending all pending deliveries of hogs till further notice. The manager of Sask Pork, Mark Ferguson, says 800,000 hogs are shipped to the Red Deer plant each year from this province. Well, we learned on uh, last week that they had uh, some an outbreak at the plant and that they would be slowing capacity to uh, 50% of normal. And then subsequently on the weekend here, uh, they did not have enough workers to continue processing at the plant for, for various reasons. So... They are uh, ceasing uh, processing at the plant for the coming week, and that's all we know today. So we're not sure exactly how long that will uh, extend to, but certainly, uh, you know, they're they're having their challenges at that plant. How big is the COVID-19 outbreak at their plant, have you heard? We haven't heard exact numbers, but I, I mean, it's significant enough that they had to pause their operations. What does that mean? What impact does that have for Saskatchewan, a one-week shutdown at the Olimel plant in Red Deer? Well, Olimel's uh, Red Deer plant is a key market for Saskatchewan hog farms. Just under half of our market hogs go to that facility. So, 
you know, the impact of a stoppage in processing will be significant and will be felt for, for the coming weeks, if not uh, months. For those not familiar with the pork industry, you know, most farms would have a regular schedule they would ship hogs on, and an interruption to this schedule and an and inability to ship hogs out is a serious situation. So within a week or, or perhaps two at the most, space inside the barns for, for pigs will become an issue. And so what happens then? Do they try to find alternate markets or do they do some have to be euthanized? Well, I mean, pigs are, are amazing animals in terms of their ability to, to put on weight and grow. You know, the problem is you can't really stop that growth. And and as the, as the younger animals grow, they need more space. And, and typically you make that space in the barn on a, on a daily or weekly basis by, by marketing the animals that are ready to head to market. So when you send out the uh, the market ready hogs, the younger pigs take their place in the finishing rooms, and so that that move out of the the finished hogs won't be happening for the next two weeks for for many of our farms. And so at this time, you know, the farms will be implementing emergency plans to deal with excess inventories. So I mean, there's a few different things that can be done, and you know, feeding lower-spec rations to slow down the growth of the animals. You can't stop it, but you can slow it down somewhat is, is one path that some farms may take. You know, perhaps double-stocking of, of pens, looking for, you know, alternative markets to sell animals into. So some of the other processors may be able to take an extra load or two, but, I mean, certainly they won't be able to make up for what that plant does slaughter. And, you know, in the summer months, you might be able to utilize outdoor pens or, or more rudimentary shelters, but, you know, you can't obviously do this in the middle of winter in Saskatchewan. So you just have to find ways to, to deal with it inside your barn. What impact on prices will this have? Well, our prices are, are basically determined from formulas out of the U.S. And so we, we use the U.S. prices to uh, to set our, our prices, and that's uh, typical for all of the Canadian plants. So I, I don't expect there'll be a, a a price impact out of this at all. So no real price impact. That's one good news. But if yep. you can't ship hogs, you can't get paid. So there can be with some monetary money pressures on some farms in. Yeah, there there will be a uh, a delay in in marketing, and so you won't get that uh, that check for for the next couple of weeks. So that could affect some farms, and and obviously feed costs right now are are creeping up and so feed bills have to be paid no matter what's going on at the farm. So how many hogs do we ship to the red deer plant in total numbers every month say? Oh on an annual basis it's you know just under 800,000 animals. Have I missed anything about impact on the hog producer? No I think that pretty much covers it. I mean I think it just understates the important job that our our workers at processing plants do and and continue to do on a daily basis. They're essential workers doing a a very important job. And on behalf of Saskatchewan's hog producers, I want to wish a a speedy recovery to to anyone that's been affected at, at the Red Deer facility and their families. Mark Ferguson is the manager of Sask Pork. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Olimel, as we mentioned, is temporarily shutting down its hog slaughtering plant in Red Deer, the result of a recent outbreak of COVID-19 at the plant that employs around 1,800 people. The general manager of Alberta Pork, Darcy Fitzgerald, says the company isn't giving any indication yet when it might be able to reopen the facility. And now with this pending complete closure, we're just not too sure. I mean, you know, typically these things have been, 
you know, a week to 10 days to two weeks, you know, in most plants. Um, hopefully it doesn't go any longer than that because then, uh, you know, we're, we're already in a bit of a, you know, hold back right now, and then that'll just uh, compound the issue. And, you know, these things, you know, when you, you go out for two weeks and, and the pigs aren't being delivered, you're looking at a six-month-plus backlog that takes to clear things away. So uh, not good for us right now, especially with uh, the price of feed. So it's uh, really going to hurt producers. Fitzgerald says efforts will be made to find alternate plants to handle the surplus. Yeah, well, it'll have to be that we try to find, and you know, and, and Oli Mill has done a, a good job at, at, you know, a few weeks ago when when they did make their announcement about slowing down a bit, of trying to find homes for uh, some of the pigs. I know they've reduced their own pigs as well, um, you know, and, and trying to accommodate their, their their producers that are coming in. And in this case, you know, we'll just have to see if we can find a few of the plants that might be able to to take a little extra, um, you know. But other than that, it's it's just trying to maintain the pigs that you have and, and slow them down a little bit because, it, you know, it's uh, it's pretty much a just-in-time business. Uh, so really there's not a lot of room to, to hold animals, uh, unlike, you know, in the, the beef industry, like you mentioned. But uh, in our case, they they really do have to travel. So um, it will start to get a bit dicey here in the, in the weeks to follow for sure. And, uh, you know, we, we saw that already in Quebec. Uh, there's still about 120,000 animals backlogged. So, um, you know, in Ontario as well, we were taking some of their pigs uh, up until just after Christmas. Um, and, you know, now we've had to hold back on theirs as well, too. So, But they have much, they have many more outlets because uh, they can ship into the U.S. as well, too. Uh, we just really don't have that, that much, uh, you know, uh, alternatives for ourselves. That's Darcy Fitzgerald with Alberta Pork. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Back here today with the first canola school of the year, and I have here with me Jason Vogt, who is with Field to Field Agronomy Incorporated. How's it going today? Good. Very good. How are you? I'm doing great. So we're here to talk about, you know, we're seeing, that this isn't a markets conversation, but we're seeing a lot of high, as you'd like to say, the, the sexy markets going on right now. Do you want to talk yep. a bit about crop rotation, especially when it comes to canola, why it's important to really stick with these crop rotations? Yeah, exactly. So a lot of things are coming to light now as guys are getting out of their uh, Christmas break. They're starting to, you know, start getting back into the farming groove and uh, looking at maybe some final adjustments to their uh, their crop plan. And with where the markets have been, yeah, there's a lot more excitement with canola. So. So far, not a lot of our growers in this particular area have made any big drastic changes or jumps, but you can honestly look at it and say that, yeah, guys might want to um, maybe look at growing more canola because, yeah, it's definitely looking more positive. But when it comes to rotation, there's a number of things a person has to look at. And one of the things that we've talked about with rotation is uh, weed control. So one of those things that's been a real problem or what's coming to light more and more all the time is obviously herbicide resistant weeds. Mm -hmm. So we've got you know, water hemp in the province now more so, um, group two and group nine resistant kochia, uh, group two resistant pigweed, all these things. 
And so when you put more pressure with canola on the rotation, um, what you're doing is basically, you know, selecting for certain weeds because you most growers are typically growing either all cool season crops or maybe a mix of cool season and warm season crops. And both of those have very different herbicide application timings. And so when you do that, you actually start, you know, altering um, any one weed from taking over from the other. And so are becoming more competitive than the other. So when you put too much emphasis, let's say on a cool season crop like canola, your herbicide timings are always going to be the same. And therefore, you know, giving those weeds maybe more of a chance to get established versus sticking to the rotation, incorporating cereals or warm season crops where you're going to also be um, looking at different timings. And what about disease management? I know in Manitoba specifically, uh, verticillium stripe really came up last year, and it's it's something that we're, producers are really keeping their eyes on, and I'm sure it'll eventually be something that we're looking at across the prairies. Can you talk a bit about yep. rotation with diseases? Yeah, for sure. And that's you're exactly right. I mean, we've always been concerned with black leg and, you know, tight rotations and what that does for uh, for black leg. Um, but also you know, sclerotinia, although it's been quite dry the last number of years, so we haven't seen a lot of pressure when it comes to sclerotinia, but that is also something that have to be aware of. But you're right, verticillium stripe, and even in certain areas, obviously club root has become more of a, a concern. And so if you're putting more emphasis on canola, whether it's back-to-back canola or every other year, taking out maybe a cereal crop and putting canola in there instead, all you're doing is a lot more pressure where, you know, those diseases are going to get more established. And uh, especially anything as far as resistance goes could get could break down quite quickly. And, uh, you know, with a new product or new disease like verticillium stripe, um, if we're going to continue in a drier trend, that's when the where the, the pathogen actually um, actually establishes and is most prevalent. And if you have more canola out there, obviously there's going to be a lot more pressure on that crop. So what sort of impacts does canola, canola, canola have on yield potential? Does it does it impact that final crop if you're growing every year and pulling the same nutrients? Yeah, it, I mean, it definitely does. Like what a lot of people realize is that canola is a big user of potassium and phosphorus. And so when you're thinking about uh, fertility re- requirements for the crop, um, you're pulling off and most of that phosphorus that you're pulling off ends up in the seed. So canola is pulling off one pound per bushel. So if you're growing, you know, 60 bushel canola crop, you're removing 60 pounds of pea from the soil. uh, And that's not, you have to replace it at some point. And a lot of guys are not necessarily doing that. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. Mainly cloudy today, 30% chance of flurries. Wind southeast 20, the high minus 16, the low minus 21. Wind chill minus 24 tonight, minus 30 overnight, and risk of frostbite. 
Wednesday, mainly cloudy, 60% chance of flurries, wind northwest 20, the high minus 15. Wind chill minus 30 in the morning and minus 24 in the afternoon. Tomorrow, risk of frostbite, the low minus 21. Thursday, sunny, the high minus 15, the low minus 22. Friday, sunny, the high minus 6, the low minus 11. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 0, the low minus 11. Sunday, sunny, the high 0, the low minus 4. Monday, sunny, the high plus 3. Normal high is minus 6, the normal low minus 18. The sun rose at 8.08 this morning. It sets at 6.17 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek at minus 13. The cold spot, Meadow Lake up north at minus 26. Estevan is minus 20. Saskatoon minus 22. Swift Current minus 14. Weyburn minus 20. Yorkton minus 22. Drifting snow in Regina minus 21 degrees. It's 6 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 31. Our wind chill right now minus 34. Humidity 67%. The barometer rising 101.7. Light snow in Moose Jaw minus 18. Winds are from the southeast at 18. Once again, Regina drifting snow minus 21. That's 6 below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. A grain market analyst says wheat prices in Saskatchewan could jump as much as 50 cents a bushel in the next few weeks. The chief analyst at FarmLink Marketing Solutions, Neil Townsend, says there's a lot of uncertainty in grain markets due to several factors, including COVID-19, but he says wheat is expected to increase 20 to 50 cents a bushel over the next few months. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing that we're going to see a little bit more heightened volatility and uncertainty in all the markets. I mean, you know, we're still dealing with COVID-19 and that's for better or worse. I think, you know, Canada, we, you know, the statistics are not great on the level of uh vaccinations we've been able to do so so far and the world's still just you know dealing with those uncertainties and the complexities about logistics and all of those types of things for wheat specifically i mean really uh, we've seen spring wheat wheat sort of stabilize it's cut a little bit of the gap between itself and uh you know chicago uh, soft red winter wheat uh, on the futures markets and that's good but we're kind of trucking sideways but we're trucking sideways with the sort of you know like 10 15 cent swings you know up and down uh not a really clear direction for the rest of the year i think canada is well positioned to export wheat uh you know the russians have got their taxation system in place now it accelerates again here in a couple days uh the european union is sort of you know has a diminishing amount of export surplus. So our main competitor is probably going to be the U.S. with a little bit of Australia, but the U.S. logistics are really, really like tied up heavily with corn and soybeans. So, you know, I think, uh, again, Canada is going to be one of the only shop markets that's open for people who want to buy wheat. And again, remember, there's six to seven months before there's meaningful resupply of Canadian wheat, and there's about four or five months before there's meaningful uh, new crop production in markets that can actually export wheat. An added complication is that Russia is imposing a floating tax scheme on new crop wheat and apparently perpetually going forward where any wheat that's 
you know, export price over $200 is going to be imposed with a 70% tax on the value over $200. That's sort of like an acre shifter. That's a, a confusing thing for them to do just arbitrarily like that. So we're going to have to see how that unfolds, but that could also potentially be beneficial for Canada. On the canola front, I mean, again, we're very well supported from the situation in the United States, just the extreme levels of uh, export sales they've done for soybeans with tremendous Chinese demand. I will say it's a little different this year, which makes it a little bit more supportive, like a humongous proportion of the export sales that the U.S. has made, they've actually been shipped. So, you know, there aren't a lot of tons available or exposed to the dreaded cancellations. Canada, I mean, canola numbers continue to be good. The farmers continue to deliver lots of canola. We continue to see, you know, good crush numbers averaging about 200, 210,000 tons a week. Uh, exports ebb and flow, but some weeks it's like 400,000 tons and some weeks it's 200,000 tons. But the point is it's an unsustainable pace. So, you know, we're not going to have any new crop canola until, you know, late August at the earliest. New crop prices for canola are also not strong enough to buy the necessary acres to alleviate the problem going forward. So we expect canola prices to be high for the remainder of this marketing year, and they should be appreciating for the next marketing year if farmers follow through and don't increase canola acres by, you know, a million or two million acres. So what's wheat at now at the farm gate, say in Saskatchewan, and where in the next three to four months? Like, is it going up or down? Yeah, I mean, uh, at the farm gate, Saskatchewan, I mean, I think there's a great deal of variance, but I think like a 113.5, I mean, you should be in the $8 range for that wheat, I mean, give or take, depending on your basis. And again, uh, the feed wheat market is also extremely competitive, so that's not that far ahead of the, the feed wheat market. We think it's going to be up. We don't think it's going up a dollar a bushel, but we think we're going to see, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 cents of appreciation. And if you're patient, you're going to be able to sell you know, wheat uh, above the current market by uh, 30 or 30 to 50 cents. Coming up, Neil Townsend explains how canola prices could be record-setting. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And by the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth, online at landforsalesask.ca. Grain market analyst Neil Townsend says grain markets are quite volatile, but canola could see record levels. He says canola could rise beyond the current $16 a bushel range. Well, canola is an interesting one because, I mean, there is a little bit of a risk there. Canola is probably, you know, a give or take around $16 a bushel right now. You know, again, there isn't any more canola coming until seven months, as I mentioned previously. I think the next pricing opportunity could be generational. We might see 18, 19, 20. But there is a risk that, you know, when when the supply gets so tight that companies move to sort of a no-bid structure and they just say, look, it's sold out. We can't put together a cargo of it. The sort of caveat to that would be just that the domestic crush industry, they can take smaller lots. They're not dealing with 55,000-ton ships. So, you know, there's always going to be some market. But, yeah, we think it's going higher. Uh, we're not selling at the current market because just, you know, the calendar's in our favor. We think that farmers are somewhere between 85 and 90% committed already, and there still seems to be open demand. So, Neil, tell me about post crops. What's the outlook there? 
Well, pulses are having an interesting year because, I mean, there's definitely, you know, some very strong market factors. Like, for example, yellow peas. I mean, we're seeing tremendous demand from China for yellow peas. It's, you know, that's a little, always a little risky when one market dominates so incredibly. For the other pulses, you know, uh, be it like green peas or red lentils or, you know, green, large and small green lentils. I mean, there, there's good demand for all those things and the prices are pretty solid. The biggest complication is just a worldwide shortage of containers. Neil Townsend is a chief market analyst with FarmLink Marketing Solutions. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. My tariff prices were mixed. Canola fell 1090 at 652.87. Feed wheat gained 55 Twelve fifty-five dollars twelve cents at two thirty-eight eighty-four. Number one red spring wheat rose a dollar fifty-eight at two seventy-three seventy-four. The rest unchanged. Durham three ten forty-eight. Feed barley two forty-seven sixty-eight. Flax eight oh one zero eight. Lentils six oh two fifty. Oats two twenty-nine fifty-three. Yellow peas three eighty eighty-nine. Minneapolis spring wheat March futures up ten and three quarter cents at six twenty-six and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. And now, the latest quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of February 16th. Our last regular sale was off February 3rd. Slaughtered cattle have come up a few cents. Heifer sold from $1.25 to $1.35. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.70 cents to $0.80. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.60 cents to $0.70. Cents. Catter cows sold from $0.50 cents to $0.60. Cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $0.97 cents to $1.08. The market off feeder cattle was stronger at our last pre-sorted sale. 450 to 500 pounds steers averaged $2.35 and sold up to $2.50. 500 to 550 pounds steers averaged $2.29 and sold up to $2.50. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.26 and sold up to $2.48. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $2.22 and sold up to $2.40. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $2.10 and sold up to $2.31. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $1.87 and sold up to $2.02. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.79 and sold up to $1.86. And steers over 900 pounds averaged $1.71 and sold up to $1.76. Heifers were about 30 cents back from the steers. We postponed our February 15th sale to February 22nd. For more info on this sale, call us at 842-4574. This has been Stephanie Dave reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. The market that hits cattle and the prices too. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, both brand and moose jaw plants, 172.38 per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. And the resource report, Stats Canada says manufacturing sales rose 0.9% to $54.2 billion in December, led by sales of wood products, transportation equipment, and petroleum and coal products. 
The agency says there were record high sales of wood products in the final month of 2020 as higher lumber prices pushed sales up 8.3% to $3.7 billion in a rush of new home sales and renovations. Petroleum and coal product sales rose 4.7% to $4.2 billion amid higher energy prices in December, and there was a 26.9% uptick in sales of railroad rolling stock as transportation equipment sales rebounded. Transportation, coal and petroleum accounted for three-quarters of last year's decline in manufacturing sales. The Canadian Chamber of Commerce is frustrated with government efforts to manage the pandemic and has set up an advisory group to discuss how to avoid further lockdowns. It includes 20 chief and senior executives from companies such as Pfizer Canada and Providence Therapeutics, Shoppers Drug Mart, WestJet and BlackBerry. The group will look at ways to encourage employees to get vaccinated and protocols for using rapid tests. On the markets, Canada's main stock index was up in late morning trading, boosted by gains in the energy and metals and mining sectors, while the healthcare sector, which includes the big cannabis companies, also climbed higher. The TSX Composite Index was up 65 points at 18,526. New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 57 points at 31,515. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.81 cents U.S. compared with 78.67 cents Friday. The March crude oil contract was up 43 cents at $59.90 per barrel. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.